when we turn inward, when we look to resource ourselves from what we have within, from the richness in our own soil, we can truly tap into infinite resources and find freedom and feel fulfilled and discover joy and aliveness. We can't really actually do that from the outside. (laughs) It's so true. And it's such an interesting piece of wisdom, you know, that we will read or be inspired by or understand and then just really have a hard time fully integrating that. I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I'm super excited to have Laura back in the studio, and we are going to talk about another growth tip. And this growth tip is, we're going to unpack it, and I think it's going to be really cool. And it's really about how important it is to get resourced. And we're going to unpack what that even means. So Laura, let's talk about the way we want to frame resourcing ourselves. Yes. Yes. Well, I like when you, um, when we were talking about this before we started recording, you were like, okay, the re slash source, like, what are we doing? We are returning to source. And we often don't think about that word in that way. We just think, oh, resources. We throw that around. Like, is there enough resources? Does the business have enough resources? Does the world have, you know, natural resources? So we're thinking about, you know, material things. We're thinking about um, money, fuel, you know, (laughs) like food, houses, you know, we're thinking about all the things, which all of those resources are really important. Yet, what about the word source, like what are we really returning to when we want to resource to something? Yes, exactly. And so the picture I want to give you as you're listening to this, this is the picture that I have when we were talking about it earlier, me and Laura, is really imagine a tree, a big, beautiful tree in its full bloom and strength with all of its roots really in the ground, right? So really rooted in that ground and it's down into the earth where the real resources are for its growth, right? It's not up in the top. I mean, sure, the rain comes, the sun is nice. Those are all important things, but it's really down in that root system where the tree is being resourced. And I think that's a good image to play with. Yes, yes. Well, and it's interesting because... There's so many words that I use with my clients and like when I'm working with different therapeutic modalities or just concepts that use the prefix RE 
to re. And so it's really interesting to think about that, that beautiful tree and it's sourced into the earth. And then, you know, there's certain things that are coming down, like the rainfall is going down and then there's the nutrients, it's the, the moisture in the earth. And then the tree is returning those nutrients, you know, into itself and into the limbs and then it grows. And then again, it like drops things onto the earth. So there's this beautiful recycled process. And so re meaning returned often is, um, you know, we talk about to remember the body, recharge, reflect, um, just return in so many different ways to ourselves. And so I really love that you're focusing our conversation today on resourced because the word source, I mean, that is a very important word because a source is where something is derived from. A source is something that is giving, giving of something like a life force or, you know, so for some people source is a spiritual term, like, Oh, I'm going to connect to the divine. I'm going to connect to that source. For some people it's like, Oh, I need a source. Where, where's the source of my energy or where's the source of, yeah, this connection that I have. So I think it's a really interesting one to unpack because I feel like a lot of people don't think about this word having such a significance. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And, you know, you can fit, sort of explore how you want to frame that source, right? It absolutely can be a higher power or something that's really spiritual and divine, the source in which you, you know, were birthed, you came from. It can be your essential self as well, right? Our core source, it's where that like fire burns inside of us. It's where we developed from that essential source or that seed. And so, you know, I think it's cool to kind of explore. And if you're into journaling or you you love exploring these kind of things, I would really sit with the word source and what does that mean to you? And how have you framed it in the past? And where have you derived from, right? Like, you know, both your personality, your physical self, your emotional self, your spiritual self. Like it's a very interesting exploration to even play with. And I think today in some of the ways we unpack it, I really want to look at it in terms of that essential self, right? So, you know, I kind of want to frame that sourceness as who we were born to be, right? As who we are innately, And then getting back to that source is really the important growth tip. It's getting resourced again because we go out in the world and we move away from our source and the world doesn't really help. Like it takes us away (laughs) if we allow it. And where is the process of like re-nourishing and resourcing ourselves again? How often do we actually take the time and the deliberateness to resource ourselves? Yes. And I love this inner outer because the inner resourcing from our essential self, from the core source of you versus resourcing from the external, like maybe, and then that's where often people are thinking of like, oh, I need more from the outside. I need more money and then I will feel good. I need a bigger house, car, you know, fill in the blank of that external resource that we think is going to bring about 
a sense of safety or comfort or okayness. And so the internal to source from the self. And I think what's really interesting is, you know, I, we, we've talked about the self. We're always, you and I are both fascinated by what is the self and how do we get more and more to that part of ourselves. And Dr. Um, Schwartz, which we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, being, you know, the internal family systems concept. I love that when he identified after so many years of working with people and they would describe being in a certain energy and he noticed that, that there were like qualities of this space, they all identified the same and they would often say, oh yeah, this is not a part of me. This is myself. This is self. And he started to use capital S self because, oh, this is the core of that person. And it's interesting that despite that person's background, their culture, their histories, they all would have this similar way of explaining that self energy. And so it's the eight C's, which I can't remember all eight of them, but a lot, you know, they're all like compassion centered, calm, clear, you know, and it's just interesting to think that those qualities, all of us want to have those. I mean, what human being doesn't feel amazing when they're compassionate and they're clear and they're calm and they're centered, you know? And so if that is self, which I believe it is too, I've come to believe that, yep, that's when my clients are more in self energy. Why would we not want to resource ourselves back to that amazing energy and what's possible when we learn that practice coming back and back and time and time again, things get chaotic, things get overwhelming, things get really scary. And then you don't have to externally source other things around you to make you feel better. You can come inside and source from this inner place of infinite resources. Really it's, it's an infinite space if it's derived from your own center and core self. Yeah. And I love that framework too, because it gives us a sensation of when something is self and aligned with the self and when something is misaligned with the self. Right. And we don't have, we're not taught, like, why are we not taught those reference points as kids? Right. Like I've definitely taught my kids some of that, but like, why is this not our educational system so that we know from an early age, Ooh, this is myself and that is not myself or that's a misalignment with myself. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't, that feels off. That feels, you know, not the same as when I'm in myself. And then when I'm doing this activity, Ooh, that's myself. That's my aligned with my innate self. And we're all different, right? So of course that will look different for each person. And then when I'm doing that, that's not really myself. Man, if I'd had that as a child, I would have a very different career life business right now. Right? If I didn't have to develop that over decades of like, this is wrong, this is not feeling right, but I have no resources or ways to talk about it. And so I think that is just, it's such a great point that when we can identify what it feels like to be in ourselves, then we can also identify when we step out of ourselves. Yes. Yes. Cause it's interesting. Like how many of those C words are really both like an emotional state, but also a physical, you know, like a sense of calm, a sense of curiosity, a sense of compassion, centeredness, right? Like all those things have a, an actual felt sense to them. And if we were taught that that was this, you know, Oh, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) There you are. When you, when you have those qualities, when you feel this, you're most likely accessing yourself, your real 
you know, sourced self. And what happens though, like you said, we're not really taught those things. So we develop a a dependency often on the external. This is a real challenge in our educational, you know, world as well. And just like everything's kind of rewards and punishment. And, and luckily that's changing over time, but it's still going to take some time to move away from, you know, so we tend to use that in human behavior conditioning. Like I want to change this behavior. So I'm going to reward it and then I'm going to punish it. And then there's not a teaching, especially when we're talking about children, it's like, Oh, let's teach why the intrinsic reward, what's the intrinsic reward of doing that kind thing? Like, Oh, it feels so good. And what's the intrinsic, you know, cringe that happens when you're out of integrity or you say something or do something hurtful. Right. And then that's a much, we understand through child psychology and developmental psychology that that intrinsic development is so much more, profound and impactful and supportive of that human being as they go through the world, because they never going to have control over the external because life happens. But if they've learned to trust the internal, then they can get separated and disconnected anytime and then return or resource to that self. So powerful. It is. And I want to pull on something you said earlier too, because, you know, in the years and years and years and years I've worked with, you know, people in business and people in their careers, every time most of the people that came to me when I asked, you know, what do you want to achieve? What's your goals? What do you really want? They were seeking external resources, right? And we've all, I mean, I've done this as well, right? So we're seeking external resources. I want more money, I want more freedom, which I perceive will happen through more money. (laughs) I want, you know, more ABC things, whatever those things are, um, to get status, to be loved. Like it's all these outsourcing. We're outsourcing what we really want and what feels good. And it's always finite resources, right? Anything outside of us is going to be a finite resource. It is not infinite. It's not fully available, right? We're, we're dissecting resources all the time. Some have, some have not. You know, you get resources if you do X, Y, and Z. Same with that behavior. But the thing is, is what I learned over the years is that what everyone is seeking is available infinite inside themselves, right? So if you kind of drill down that core, you know, whatever it is you think you want outside of yourself, if you drill down into, but what, what would that give me? But what would that give me? But what would that give me? Underneath it all, it's usually freedom, belonging, acceptance, love, right? It's all these things that we have infinite resources to inside of ourselves, but we're not going inside of ourselves to resource. We're going outside of ourselves to resource, right? Because this is what we've been taught. This is all indoctrination. This is completely what we've been shown and educated to do, but we miss all that juiciness and all that aliveness that is accessible inside of us. And so that's, you know, one of the things that I think we really have to talk about is that when we turn inward, when we look to resource ourselves from what we have within, from the richness in our own soil, 
we can truly tap into infinite resources and find freedom and feel fulfilled and discover joy and aliveness. We can't really actually do that from the outside. (laughs) It's so true. And it's such an interesting piece of wisdom, you know, that we will read or be inspired by or understand, and then just really have a hard time fully integrating that. You know, I think that's why people are so inspired by stories such as, um, you know, the personal experience of, of Nelson Mandela, you know, that's his message of like, when the freedoms are stripped away, you realize the potential of the mind, what he was able to find the freedom that he found within himself and within his mind where that could take him in himself. And it wasn't, you know, for, for many people, it's not until they don't have that choice anymore. And you see that from other, you know, historical moments where people are imprisoned or there's freedoms taken away. And if they are able to survive and come out and tell their stories, they tell profound stories of experiencing that. And yet I wish that it didn't take, you know, that extreme for humans to have to be stripped of all of the freedoms and in order to feel what is accessible, what is that freedom that we can unlock within our, with in ourselves. And I think that's what I am so grateful for in choosing therapy as my profession. You know, it's the development of self and constantly excavating the internal resources. And I will tell you that I have seen, you know, people from very similar backgrounds and, and from a very early age in my um, career, like in my, in college and and then early twenties, I was asking myself, why are some of these people so resilient? Why do some of this, these children so resilient? And they were all coming from this very same situation and some transcend the trauma and some are destroyed by it. And it was so interesting about how, well, usually the common denominator there is there is something that helped that child have develop an inner connection from a caretaker that taught them that, or that just helped them feel connected to themselves or felt them saw themselves reflected in something that allowed them to have an identity of self. And that developed more and more and was validated in different experiences that can get them through so much significant trauma. So when we talk about resource, I want everyone to know, like, it's not that if you had a hard early experience in your life or multiple complex trauma, that does not mean that you do not have access to those internal resources. And that's what Dr. Schwartz found too. He said, no one that I've ever worked with has been without the ability to access self and return to that source of self really hopeful, especially in this time. I think we need to share these hopeful messages because for many people, it's like, oh, what's happening here with the human condition? What's happening with humanity? But we have the ability to resource, return to the source of self in so many ways, despite what's happening externally and outside of ourselves. And that is actually when we should be resourcing even more, right? Like the more resource we are internally, the more centered we are, the more we can stand in the chaos and survive it, right? Like there's, there's something so powerful about that. So maybe we should talk about how do we get resourced? 
So, you know, here we are, we're in our lives, we're in our businesses, we're in our careers, we're navigating family, life is busy, 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 the world is chaos around us, no matter where you are on the planet right now. So how do we get resources? What are, what are some of the ways that you get resourced, Laura? Great question. So I would say the number one strategy or practice that I use for returning to source is stillness. And I'm not just talking about quiet. People often think I hear, they hear still and they're like, well, I've got a busy life. I just can't get still. Stillness is a state of being in which you allow yourself to recall your energy and you just have, whether it's like walking down the street and then I'm just really still with myself for a moment, become very, very hyper aware of my breath, my body, the wind or on my skin, what I see, what I feel. So I can be in movement and all of a sudden just recall a sense of stillness. I return to myself and it's just a interception is what we would say in somatic psychology. There's extraception constantly perceiving the external and introception, which is perceiving the self and perceiving what's happening inside. And so for me, it's like, there's a little stillness of, Oh, awareness. Let's be still for a moment. And I might close my eyes and meditate if I'm home, or I might just be walking through the world or sitting in a zoom call. (laughs) And I just like get really still. If I'm not the one speaking right in that moment, I'll just get really still, still within myself. And I just tune in and I'll just kind of take inventory. Like, how you doing? How you breathing? How you feeling? And that little stillness and self-check as a regular practice is, I don't, I don't even know how to put words to it. It's like invaluable because it's really small, but it's an orientation and it's a practice that I'm doing very regularly. It's an orientation. I think resourcing ourselves internally is an orientation, right? It's like, it's a contemplation on the self. It's a awareness inside the self, right? Like I think that's what we're really talking about is this, you know, and that's the roots of the tree that go deep into the soil and into the earth. It's that, it's that switch of orientation in our awareness and attention that moves from the outside to the inside. Now there are lots of practices that you can do and it, and it's different as well again like some some discernment it's different than thinking so some people they will talk about sort of resourcing themselves but maybe they have a really busy mind well i'm paying attention to what i'm thinking um or they might be like you know at a gym working out but they're in their thinking mind is really moving I don't think that's exactly the best avenue of resourcing yourself. It it has a different quality, right? Like one of mindfulness. So it comes definitely comes back into that sort of mindfulness, awareness, curiosity. And it's turning that attention back inside. How am I feeling, right? So somatic work is like amazing for this, right? How am I feeling? Mindfulness work, you know, meditation, um, even even things like yoga or movement or dancing. If your attention is internal, right, mm-hmm. then that is 
is well a resource. But if your attention is external or you're just trying to get the moves down, not quite the same. So I think it's good to like sort of split hairs on what this process feels like when you're resourcing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And like the boundaries are really important, you know, that you're kind of, you you have boundaries with the world. So to be able to return attention to yourself means that if there's distractions all around you, that there's a way that you can actually unplug from them or you can um, let the, if it's people or people you love, let them know, Hey, I just need a minute. I need to center myself. I find this is really good for children parenting. And I hear a lot of parents say, I don't have time. I'm like, I do it right in front of my kids. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. hold up. like mama's going to center right now. Um, and this is how, and would you like to join me? Cause this is what we do. And let's take a couple of deep breaths and let's feel our body. And so you can just, it's about those boundaries with the world, how the energy is pulling on you that you just become mindful of that. And you're like, mm, okay, cutting all those pulls, all that energy that's pulling. And I'm going to bring the energy in and I'm just going to recentered with myself. I'm going to return to this awareness within myself. And I think that, you know, like you said, there's lots of practices and you have to just be, have a curious mind, a beginner's mind of like, what could, what works for me? For some people, it is like just going on leisurely walks in, in nature and dropping the thoughts and just being really present and what they see and what they notice and, and tuning into their five sensations. You know, what do I see? What do I taste? What do I hear? What am I touching? What am I smelling? And for some people, it's like yoga, meditation, a writing practice, you know, being able to just like stream of consciousness or like reconnect to self through writing. Um, Also, like for me, some of the bigger things I do to resource is I travel when that is an option. Um, Traveling is a resource for me because I love novelty. That's something I've learned about me, novels, novelty, new ideas, um, adventure. So that brings me into a certain vibration within myself. Now, when I travel, I've learned not to have big agendas because then I won't Mm -hmm. get it done. I have to go and be in a place, immerse myself in that and experience it. And it does something for myself. My energy gets restored by just allowing myself to be in novelty and in that environment. Right. And for some people it might be, you know, like, Oh, just alone time at home. And I want to turn everything off and just sleep, or I want to go get a deep massage. You know, you've got to kind of experiment with what is that that really works for you. But what I would say is the qualities when you find that is that you often will feel a heightened sense of resilience, like meaning that things that were bothering you before you're like, wait a minute, I don't even remember why I was annoyed about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like when you return to yourself, you reclaim energy. So that's easier to handle kind of what the world has thrown at you. You have a refreshed perspective. You can breathe a little bit more deeply. You're more patient, less irritable, right? So you're just looking for like, what are the activities that I do that then bring me back into this state? And almost everybody has those moments. We just don't always know how to return to them or what they are to how to sustain them. But my invitation to the listeners is like, start paying attention, you know, have a little question always of like, where am I, when am I feeling resourced? You know, when do I feel that calm, collected, curious, centered, compassionate 
itself. What am I doing when that is accessible? And then just jot that one down on your little list of things that help you return to yourself. And I'd just like to say that really, no matter how much space you create to resource yourself, it's never too much. You know, I think there's this like, like sometimes we, I, I know this, you know, this, this happens a lot in my practice as well, because you know, I teach creating space. And so once we start creating space, we feel like, oh, we actually need more space. And it feels selfish to want more space. It feels selfish to resource ourselves for some reason. Like this is what we've been indoctrinated with. This is the messages we've received. To go inside the self, to be instead of do, to to receive from, from our nur- own internal nourishment is, you know, selfish. It's lazy. It's, you know, not productive, right? We've got whatever your framework is, we've all got it. And so I will just say that it is never too much <laughs> to be resourcing yourself all the friggin' time. <laughs> it's so, it's so, so true. I'm glad you actually pointed that out because it's like, I think for some people, they like, okay, I went and I, and it's not going to be something you do once and then it stays right. And like, Oh, I resource myself. So I'm good for what another 20 years. And it's like, Nope. Um, I resource myself on the daily yeah, as much as me possible. Too. And yeah. And then like the more stress, the more pressure, that I have, the more resourcing I'm going to need to do. And I think that one of the things that, you know, when I'm really burnt out, like burnout looks like, you know, lack of motivation. It, it looks like, um, easily overwhelmed, irritable. And, you know, when I start feeling burnout, then I know, Oh, this is a time to return to self. This is a time that I just, I need to figure out how to direct more, back to me and how to find some stillness and reconnect to myself because that's usually, you know, that sign right there. Burnout is a sign that I've kind of, I've um, depleted all my resources that I've given to everyone else. And it's time to fill my own bucket back up so that, you know, I can be there. And I think for many of us, um, that are in business, like a lot of us are in, you know, in service to our clients, customers, we're like, we're trying to change the world with our product or service. So it's so, so, so important that we practice resourcing on a regular basis. Yes. Like literally a daily basis, yes, a weekly yes. basis. I mean, so far my framework is the fourth week of the month. I resource myself. I don't have any calls or clients or sales calls or anything. Every one day a week, I resource myself as part of my business schedule. And in daily, I resource myself like, and it's still never enough, to be honest. Like, so I think, you know, this is a really important, you know, piece and don't wait till you're burnt out because I think a lot of people are like, Ooh, when I get to burn out, that's a sign I should resource myself, which is, yes, it is. And don't let yourself get there, right? Like we need to be resourcing ourselves so early on, right? The second you feel depleted, the second you feel irritable, right? All of that is a sign that you need to resource yourself. And, you know, I was thinking earlier when you were talking, Laura, like like early in the conversation, when you were talking about sort of intrinsic motivation and, you know, extrinsic motivation. And this is a really interesting thing I learned over the years of working with women. 
is that oftentimes when we lack intrinsic motivation, right? We beat ourselves up, we make ourselves wrong. We, you know, we're like, why can't I get motivated? What I have found is it's because we're still trying to resource ourselves outside of ourselves, right? So that is actually why we lose motivation because we're trying to outsource all of that motivation, right? All of that sort of resourcing. But if we turn it inward and we start to mine our inward soil, right? Our inward resources, then all of a sudden motivation appears again. And so like if you struggle with motivation, for me, it's always a symptom or a sign that you're looking outside yourself. Your desires might be connected to what someone else told you to desire, but they're not really your internal desires, right? All of those things are always signs for me that something's misaligned and you're not accessing those internal resources because we have an infinite supply of motivation. We have an infinite supply of desire. We have an infinite supply of energy and it's, it's us in a way that cuts that off by focusing our attention outward instead of inward. And we can recapture, we can, we can build our capacity again by turning inward. Mm, Such a good point. Such a good point. And we get stuck on this because we just see kind of limited external resources and we think, oh, we're done for. But there's so much that happens when you start to mine, as you said, from the inside. And it, it just takes the, the understanding that of shifting that orientation and starting to, to have this introspection of self, what's there, what's going on. And, and, you know, and that's what I'll ask a client, you know, is like when we're in some type of somatic meditation and we're trying to get some we're trying to understand maybe something that's holding the the client back and it feels very unconscious is that when that client is in meditation, I may prompt them and just say, you know, just ask your body, is there anything that it would like you to know? And don't overthink it. What's just like the first word or the first image or the first thing that comes because the body doesn't always, you know, communicate in like very clear vocabulary. So sometimes it's an impression or a sense, but that's what I'll ask my clients is like tap into your wisdom. Like your body actually has a lot of wisdom there for you. It has a lot of knowledge and we're just trying to do all this, you know, smart thinking and extracting from the external. And so really tuning in and and getting clear and, you know, being able to really hear that And we talk about the inner voice. We talk about the wise self. And it really is just a matter if you're feeling like, yeah, I know everyone talks about it, but I don't know what that is, is it's a daily practice of quieting the mind and the body, like getting to a place of stillness, unplugging, setting good boundaries, and just tuning in. And it really could start with five minutes a day. It could just be like, here's my stillness practice, five minutes. And then if you do five minutes, five times a day, that's 25 minutes of stillness. So look at you. So, I mean, there's lots of ways that we can baby step that and, you know, just get more and more of slowing our rhythms down, slowing down so that we're not racing with machines and racing with like this unrealistic um, treadmill that so much of the world seems to continue to want to stay on. Cause I'm not about the treadmill. I'm not about the hamster wheel. I'm like, I'm off and <laughs> I'm taking my time. So 
I love that. Well, this has been another fantastic conversation. So thanks, Laura. And, you know, I hope this just inspires everyone to, to think about how you're resourcing yourself and to get back to that amazing source that you have of all those infinite resources inside of you. Um, So thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next week. Hey, before you head off to your next episode, I wanted to share with you a really powerful resource for women in the business arena. That means founders, business owners, corporate leaders, and women with a purpose to change the world. Worthy Women Collective is a powerful self-development program for women who want to get resourced again. Every month we have live events, coaching, and social opportunities to help you reclaim yourself, your space, your time, and your mission. If you want to learn more, head over to worthywomencollective.com. Thanks so much for listening. Take care of yourself and see you next time.